Hello, it's May 2nd, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Brandon Marcello. And more importantly, the transfer portal deadline has come and gone. May 1st, the last day for players to put their name in the transfer portal and still be immediately eligible for the 2022 football season. And of course, on the eve of all that, big news hit, as you may have expected. Jordan Addison, the arguably the best receiver in the country at Pitt, had 1,500 plus yards last season, 100 catches, 17 touchdowns. Well, rumors start spreading and then reports substantiate it that he is looking to potentially transfer and that USC is a big landing spot potentially. What's driving this? A big NIL deal. Again, rumors spread, rumors spread. Maybe more schools are involved. And of course, then Pat Narduzzi, the pit coach, begins to wonder if there's maybe some tampering going on here with the NIL situation and USC being directly linked to it. Whose fault is this? Is this bad for college football? That's been discussed ad nauseum on Twitter and social media throughout this past weekend as we wait to see what happens with Jordan Addison. But this was all predictable. We all knew this was going to happen at some point with a big-time player. The NCAA doesn't have any guardrails in place to allow players to not go past a certain line. The only thing we really know is that schools can't be directly involved with NIL deals. But that's not going to slow down the big-time boosters from reaching out through back channels or even official channels to see if players would be interested in coming to, say, L.A. or Tuscaloosa or even going to play at Notre Dame. So... Who's to blame here with all this NIL situation? Is there anyone to blame? How can you blame a player for wanting to maybe go make more money or be in a bigger market? Listen, Jordan Addison is going to be a high-profile NFL guy come next draft, no matter where he plays this upcoming season. Does he want to improve himself just financially before then? Well, he hasn't spoken out publicly yet. But here's where we're at. We're here on the outside looking in, wondering if this is good for college football. And really the answer is, if you don't like it, there are people to blame. And the people to blame are directly involved in the NCAA. The NCAA has had several years to figure out and put in place some guardrails for this entire situation with NIL. They have seen this coming for the last five to ten years. They were slow in dragging their feet. In fact, the NCAA, which has made billions of dollars off of players over the years, have gotten so fat, they've become fat cats. And now we're asking them to stand up and act like cheetahs and chase down this problem. And they're unable to because they sat there, they slept on their big pile of money, and they didn't move. And they got fatter. They got richer. They got complacent. So is it just some entity, the NCAA, you can't assign a face to it? Is it Mark Emmert? No. It's the school presidents and chancellors, and for that matter, conference commissioners were unable to enact and get all on the same page and help transform the NCAA. And now... They're forming committees. A transformative committee, in fact, is trying to simplify the NCAA rulebook. All of this, though, is too little too late. The toothpaste is out of the tube, everybody. It is what it is. NIL is here. It's here to stay. And until the NCAA figures out a way to put some guardrails up that don't completely change this free market we're in, it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future. So, simply put, don't hate the players. Hate the game. Interestingly, before this all exploded... I sat down and chatted with USC head coach Lincoln Riley on Friday afternoon, mere hours before this Jordan Addison report and rumors started spreading like wildfire. We talked a lot about his departure from Oklahoma, 
how he's become a college football villain, especially in the Sooner State. And we also talked a lot about the transfer portal and how he's wanting to potentially add 10 or more players and some instant impact players here this summer. It's a very fascinating conversation and one in retrospect with all this Jordan Addison news, really very interesting to listen to. Coach Riley, uh, first off, I wanted to start, you just ended spring practices, and I was listening to an interview with you after the game where you said, hey, this group of guys, I feel like we can win a lot of games. How do you feel exiting this first spring there with the talent you've got? Yeah, Brandon, I think we, uh, I think the guys did a really nice job this spring. Uh, we've got a small roster right now that we're that we're building, but I think the the, the players here initially really did a tremendous job with with buy-in, and which I think that's what you're looking looking for first. You see that the roster starting to gel, like some of the skill sets that we have, um, and I think they're starting to adapt to the schemes that we're that we're bringing in here, uh, really on all three sides of the ball, and, and so the the buy-in was high. Uh, it was a very competitive. Very physical spring practice. We we put a lot of things in front of our players to to test them to see how they would respond. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we could have asked for more in terms of the the effort and intensity. I think we'll continue to get a lot better. Um, and obviously, going to try to build this roster here, kind of through the uh, kind of early part of summer, and be ready to roll in August. No, you've mentioned that a little bit, and I know some coaches don't like to go into like what exactly they're looking for. But when you look at numbers, I've been hearing that you're maybe looking at adding as many as double digits in the transfer portal how's that looking going into this offseason yeah no it's something we've been pretty transparent about I mean when you're even with our high school players that are coming in here in the summer I mean we're still double digits below the the 85 scholarship limit so you know no no team in any sport is going to try to go into a season competitively try to win a championship with way less numbers than what other people have it just doesn't uh, obviously, that doesn't that doesn't fit, and so we've been very transparent with our with our current team. We've been very transparent with the with their families. I mean, everyone about why you know why we're doing what we're doing, what we're looking to bring in. We we do feel that with the current players on this roster, one we've we've in a short amount of time we've built a really good foundation and started to build the the makings of a really good culture. We feel like the position groups that we have right now are all very capable in terms of of talent to to be able to win. We certainly need to just add to kind of each of those rooms. It's we're, we're not necessarily looking for five guys in one position group. You're kind of talking about equally spreading it across the team so that we have the type of roster and, and the type of uh, uh, depth to, to be able to go to compete and win a championship. So we're looking at maybe at least maybe 10, 10 guys coming on board that aren't even on campus right now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very possible. I mean, just with where our numbers are right now. I mean, it's it's a new it's a unique year. I mean, I don't think you'll ever find our roster or a roster at a school like SC probably like this again. But it's yeah, it's kind of been the perfect storm. You have all the guys exiting after COVID, new staff coming in, trying to to remake the roster in a lot of ways. Uh, obviously, the transfer portal and the ability to add guys through that, in addition to to the typical high school recruiting, and uh, it's 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 unique. Uh, but our ability to kind of push through that, navigate that, bring in the right people, and then our team's ability to come together and really gel, despite it being a a very, very unique roster, uh, will be obviously pretty key. 
Yeah, I was really impressed. I've seen some interviews and read some things from guys like Caleb Williams, Mario, Travis Dye, and others that you come in and a lot of people want to assume like the worst, that you get a lot of new guys from a lot of different backgrounds that come in immediately in the transfer portal. And it's like, how do you get them to gel? But all those guys seem to like really have gelled through that shared experience of we're all from different places for the most part. And we're doing something, we're trying to do something great at a very storied and tradition rich program with coaches we like. And you talk about the gelling there. What makes this a little bit different than maybe what we've seen across college football, where a lot of people just kind of assume that if you're adding a lot of transfer portal guys, there must be issues. But with this, it just seems like one, it's top quality talent, but two, they realize that they can come in there and contend for a championship almost immediately. Yeah, I think that's that's the key point. Exactly what you said is there is a lot of us that are new together in some way, shape or form, whether it's obviously basically a completely brand new staff coming in here. A lot of new players. Uh, you've got the players that we retained off of last year's team that I mean, obviously in this day and age, anybody can just about leave whenever the whenever they want to. And uh, so like everybody had to make a choice to be here. And a lot of people gave up things, sacrificed things to be here. And for kind of one true common reason, which is we all believe in USC. You know, we all believe in what this football program can be. We all believe in the opportunities in, in probably the most unique setting that exists in college football. And so it's, it's like you have a bonding point right there. I mean, there's, you don't have to question anybody that is in this program right now why they're here. And so we've really rallied around that point. And uh, I do think that's been a reason our roster has come together pretty quickly and effectively in a short amount of time. And, uh, and that's also, I think, some of our confidence level in knowing we're going to bring in a few more players that we can get those guys acclimated within the team and build a team that, yeah, we want the talent, we want the numbers, man. we want the cohesion, though. You know, we want the culture builders. We want the guys that are really invested in this. And it's our belief that that can happen because of that, that kind of shared vision. It was incredible to watch Caleb Williams late last season at OU come come, you know, not necessarily out of nowhere, but just be seamless in what he was able to do to come on the field and, and lead Oklahoma. And now you've got him there at USC. What makes him so special and how has he just changed over these last few months and and being with the new team and and also working alongside you and developing? Yeah, this has been a great challenge for him. You know, it's it's I think it's been a, a, a pretty good setting in that from a coaching standpoint, offensive standpoint, he can continue to build on kind of where we started. Uh, so having some of the continuity there, I think, has, has, has benefited him. He's also coming into a new situation, a new school, a new program where uh, he's going to be counted on to, to be a leader and to be you know, a part of the, the changes that we believe needed to happen. So it's put some pressure slash responsibility on him to really do that at a high level. And I think he's responded well. And then I think some of it is just the natural evolution of a talented football player that, you know, you've got to continue to build in your fundamentals. You've got to ID, you know, the things that that went well, but also the things that you can do so much better to try to become the player that you think you can. And and, and for him and a lot of our guys, I mean, that's just such a constant journey. And uh, so many people see some success at a young age and it's like, well, it's like, well, this is just going to happen. He's just going to become this player is just going to become that because they had a good start. No, they're not. I mean, not it's they will be it's a great start, but they will not become that if they don't take the necessary steps. And so uh, I think he's doing that. I think he's become in this setting a, a better player and a better leader. And he's going to need to continue to take those steps. More of our conversation with Lincoln Riley after this break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I wrote a couple weeks ago or recently uh, about how your offenses throughout throughout history and including at Oklahoma, the running game's really been kind of what gets the whole thing going. I mean, five out of your seven years calling plays at OU, you average more than 200 yards per game rushing. USC, on the other hand, it's incredible to think this, but since 2005, the year Reggie Bush won the Heisman Trophy, USC has only averaged 200 yards per game in a single season once in the last 16 years. Can you continue what you were doing at OU with the run game? And is that really the key that makes your offense click? Yeah, our, our best ball certainly came when when we were very effective running the football, there's no doubt. It's it's. I think offenses are the most difficult to defend when they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of times there, we were able to put people in that position. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely my belief. If you if you can't run the football well, you're not going to win a championship. I, I just have always believed that there's going to be to win a championship. You got to you know you've got to win just about every one of your games, maybe save for one and. To do that, you're going to be in so many different situations. You know, can you go get the tough yards on a goal line, short yardage? Can you go put away a team at the end of the game in four minutes? Um, you play in a, a adverse weather game. Can you still control the football? It changes the entire game. And so, yeah, it's going to be a huge point of emphasis. I mean, and, and it should be here. I mean, again, this is, you know, one of the great running back traditions uh, anywhere, ever, forever. Uh, and with also the quality of linemen that have been at the school and that you can get at this school, no reason in my mind that, that we should not be a very, very effective team running the football, and it'll be critical to our success. You've recruited the West Coast before, so I don't understand why some people go, how's he going to adjust recruiting on the West Coast? I mean, he has and, he, and, and will continue to do so. But what is different when you're focused a lot on the West Coast more so than, say, when at your previous stops? I think the opportunities are different. I, I think it's, I mean, there's rarely a day here where we don't have a, have a recruit on campus. I mean, it's so, it's so accessible. I think, first of all, to, to all these people on the West Coast and really, honestly, LA, what we found is even, even guys that aren't on the West Coast, I mean, LA is so accessible to everywhere. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool when you got four major airports within about 30 miles of this place. And so, yeah, I think the accessibility, uh, I think there's so many good football players great programs, teams, coaches um, on this coast that, you know, we need to do a really, really good job here. I mean, that's, 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 I think, pretty obvious. And when USC has been elite, it's obviously done a tremendous job with talent on this coast. The staff has had a pretty good history of doing that. The school has had a pretty good history of doing that. And we feel like that's going to be, we feel like that's going to be a, a pretty cool combination. And then I think too, I, just having the feeling that you can sit 
in front of these guys right now and, and offer them something that's very unique in our sport. Nowhere else in our sport do you get a, I mean, a, an elite, and, a, and we say elite, I mean an elite education, one of the greatest college football programs of all time, and then the large market uh, and all the just, it's almost, it, it's more than you could really believe, but all the advantages that come with that, especially this day and age of college football. And so we feel like we have something here that's very, very unique in our sport and we're in a, a great place to do it. Just how are you and the family uh, adjusting to life uh, on the West Coast in LA? And are you looking forward to hitting the beach and go surfing? I know you, you've surfed a little bit, don't you? I do. Yeah, here and there. I'm, I'm definitely I'm far from a from a, a pro or a regular, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, that was definitely one of the one of the you know major advantages for us, and one of the things we were most excited about. We've we've lived in some great parts of the country, some great towns. This is definitely different than anything that we've ever done. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the obviously the weather is is you know uh, basically like a dream every day. Uh, the the things that you can do outside of ball, uh, the educational opportunities for our kids. I mean, just all parts yeah. of it have been great, and and we've enjoyed the vibe out here. I mean, it's uh, you know people are people are smiling people are happy people are laid back relaxed enjoying life and and uh you know do you get noticed you get stopped on the street as much or uh occasionally probably not quite as much as maybe as the as the previous spot which is which is good i'm definitely uh i'd be lying if i said i'm not enjoying that part a little bit you are a bit of an introvert as i've heard i mean the people that know me uh know me i'm i've probably as things have happened in this business, I've probably been I've been guarded at times. Um, probably more guarded than introvert, maybe. If that, and I know there's there some go, yeah. but yeah, I, I definitely have been you know guarded and and maybe at times, admittedly, too much. So, so I, I would say here, I yeah, some of the freedom that you feel here outside of the office, um, combined with you know probably getting a little bit older and a little bit more used to being in a role like this, as as uh, you know, we're, we're just. Our life off the field is, is great. We're we're all very very happy right now. So so what 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 got you to to write that essay for Players Tribune? That kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of us. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wrote it uh, several weeks back. There was a it was difficult to kind of express it all, and I wanted to find the right kind of route to say some of the things that I wanted to say. I didn't write it to get a reaction to try to change anybody's mind. That was not my goal in it. My goal was it happened so suddenly one day I'm the head coach at the other spot and all of a sudden, you know, this happens and it goes so quick. And I just never really felt like I had the right time to say some of the things I wanted to say. And uh, you, you, you sit there and all these other people want to, want to determine the narrative about what happened or want to define it. And, you know, you know, guess what? Like, this is my life, you know, and I, I felt like that there were some things that I simply wanted to say. And so it was a good, felt like the, the right route to do it. And uh, glad I was able to get it done and kind of kind of say my piece and be able to move on. That's the thing about moving on. And I know a lot of people, you know, back in even August and September, people were asking you, like, how do you feel about OU going to the SEC? Then I've even saw reports after you left for USC, them saying, well, part of that's because he didn't want to compete in the SEC and people close to him have said that. How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, what's your reaction when you hear that? And is there any truth to that? No, there's not any truth to that. I mean, I, you know, I took a pretty big job when I was 33 years old. Yeah. Um, and the reality of the matter is the, the easier thing for me would have been to stay at OU. I mean, that's, you know, that program was, you know, running at a high level and families settled, staff settled. I mean, a lot of things um, that, that were going very well and that I think, and I absolutely think will continue to go well. It's a tremendous program. And uh, so that's, that, that program is going to be just fine. But the easier thing would have been to stay. 
and it's tremendous in every sense. But this, the chance to do this at this place, combined with some of the opportunities for my family off the field, the life away from it, the chance to live in this place, the educational opportunities, it was just at the end of the day, it, it just, I don't know, I said in the deal, it really was just the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, you don't, if you're afraid of uh, a challenge, you don't take the head coaching job at OU when you're 33 years old. You don't come out here to USC and do this. I mean, that's, that's, uh, the people that know us uh, and know us well know that we, we kind of, we embrace those things just like we're going to embrace it here. My, my last thing for you media, fans, we, we tend to forget coaches are human beings because you guys work nonstop and we always just see on the sideline, we, we try to read body language and all that. But you, you've talked a lot about life and how this is life decision, your life on the West Coast and educational opportunities. So when you when you go home at night, what what are those what, what's it like being around the family and what are those conversations like about the future and what you foresee for them? You know, I think it's I think appreciating every moment. Been some some things, you know, in the past, you know, year. I mean, my our oldest daughter just turned nine, you know, and probably for all parents that have been through that, you kind of have that realization of all of a sudden we kind of feel like we're halfway you know, to them, maybe being out of the house, going to college, you kind of look back on, you know, what have we done for our kids and what do we want to do for our kids and knowing that that time is short. Uh, going through, you know, what we all just went through here, staff, friends, all that with, with Dave Nickel uh, and, you know, life short, you know, and, and and these chances and opportunities to do these things in life and experience these different things, like we're not guaranteed any part of it. And so I think we're appreciative for the days we have, the opportunities that we have, the chance to kind of live a new, in some ways, a little bit of a new life life out here and, and to experience new things and do it together as a family. And that's been yeah, very rewarding and, and we're, we've been very appreciative of it. My thanks to Lincoln Riley for joining me and for being willing to be open and honest about USC, the Sooners, and his future. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brandon Marcello. You can follow me on Twitter at BMarcello. Thank you once again for listening. We'll chat with you again Wednesday here at the College Football Daily.